Hi, everyone. Before we get to our show today, I wanted to let you know that we have something new on the Path 11 Productions website. I have had the opportunity to record some of my guided meditations for you, and we are giving one away for free. It is called the Anxiety Scan. We have another one up there called Archangel Raphael, which is channeling the healing energy of that archangel to help your immune system become stronger and to help decrease any stress that you might be having. There's also another one up there that we have as uh, one that you could take advantage of is a distance Reiki healing from me. So we are going to be putting out some more of these guided meditations throughout uh, the next month or so, and we hope that you enjoy them. Okay, let's get to our show today. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. So I would like to welcome back Suzanne Northrup. We have had her on the Path 11 podcast before. And if you would like to listen to the very first interview that we did, it's episode 149. That was back in May of 2018, actually. And uh, we talked a lot about in that um, conversation about the Life After Life uh, documentary that you were a part of, and also Dr. Gary Schwartz and the afterlife experiments that you participated in. So I'm not going to go too much into that area, but would definitely like um, to welcome Suzanne back. If you have never heard of her, she's an internationally acclaimed medium, grief and bereavement expert, TV and radio host, and author of three books to date. She has helped thousands worldwide heal from loss of loved ones by bridging the gap between the world of the living and the spiritual world. And she is one of the mediums that is going to be at the Afterlife Awareness Conference, June 4th through the 7th, 2020. We're going to be in Chicago. And she actually does a live gallery reading. Now, I have been at the conference two years. This will be my third year. I always enjoy this part of the conference. It really is amazing. Just uh, the evidence that she brings through is kind of like none other medium I have seen uh, work before. So Suzanne, welcome back. Well, well, thank you, April. It's, it's, it's always a joy to to see you and connect with you and you do such great work and you uh always have a smile on your face while you're doing it which is always really nice <laughs> so uh <laughs> thanks yeah so, yes and actually um i have done these podcasts a few times and i'm they they are for anybody that needs to know obviously they can check them out through you um but i i, I will have them i'm just doing a whole new rework my uh, webpage, so I will be putting new ones up on there as well. Uh, the one from Path Eleven happens to be filled with the, with a lot of stuff. Yeah. So um, we, we we really filled with a lot of it. You know, my my assistant said, like, you know, it, it, the file is too big. The file is too big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we so, covered we covered know. a lot of ground. I think last time. So. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so anyway, but, uh, it, you know, se- separate f- from all of that, you know, you do you do great work. And I, I'm like I said, I'm thrilled to have you at the conference. And as we all know, we were just discussing um, the importance of the conference and what a great conference it is. And there is not too many of those. It was we would say running around. Um, so the fact that that uh, um, that, we, you know, this is 
continue to go on for uh, for 10 years is, is, is pretty spectacular. And you'll see that there's, as you well know from, from going to them, there is a, a very strong devotee of people who um, who come to this conference uh, and, and new people. Um, but there's there's certainly a hardcore of people who come every year and it's, it's extremely important to them in their lives because you do get to share with others that have experienced it and 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 gone through these their their own personal journeys and of 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 loss and and you know I always sort of say and I I've emphasized this uh, quite quite literally you know my work is not about um, those that have gone to spirit our, our our loved ones that have have made the physical transaction my work is about the living people because we're the ones that are left here. And we're the ones that have to figure out how to, you know, get up in the morning and go out about our day, put our shoes and the socks on. Um, this doesn't come with a manual. We have our moments, hours, minutes, and uh, it's 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 very hard. But the wonderful thing about the conference, which you know, is that it's it, uh, for me. I can't imagine you walking away um, not with the belief of knowing that. Um, they may not be in their bodies, but they are. They exist. They are still alive. That soul, that energy, that's a continuation, is is unbelievably present. And if we can, not that it's easy, if we can somehow get ourselves into a place of um, the grief where it doesn't consume us so much. Then we'll hear the messages from them. And, you know, they won't be like Hollywood. They won't be like you know these loud, you know, walking into a room, here I am. Um, they may be very subtle. As a matter of fact, mostly they're very subtle. And there are only things you would know synonymously connected to these persons um, that are made their transition. So, you know, when when you go to the conference, um, I, I, you, you should leave. I can't imagine you wouldn't leave with, with knowing those thoughts. And, and people will always say to me, and I'm sure you've heard them say that to you as well, April, that, it's like, well, you know, I want to hear them. I, I want to know they're near me. I want to know all of that. And um, and I can't. And I say, like, because you're still grieving. And when you are grieving that much, it's very hard for that to happen. And sometimes it's a time thing. And sometimes there's there's a whole lot of other elements that are involved. But um, you have to know in your heart that their job, those loved ones that have made their transition, their job is to let you know any way that they can that they are around. And they will do that. It's just, you know, we have the harder part of listening. Yeah. So I was thinking for uh, the podcast today, I want to ask you a question that a client of mine asked me. And it was a pretty deep question. And I don't know if I had the answer to it or not, but I thought, you know what? I have Suzanne coming up and she would probably be the perfect person to ask. So um, let me tell you just a small little story here. Um, my client, she's uh, young 20s and had recently about a year and a half, two years ago, lost her dad's suicide. And she was talking to one of her dad's friends recently. And uh, I live up here in Saratoga Springs, New York. There's a famous racetrack up here. And when she was talking to her dad's friend, he says, oh, I see your dad every day. 
And she's like, what? He's like, yeah, you know, he comes to visit me every day. You know, I'll walk by around this one, one turn and I'll see him and, you know, he'll just, you know, say hi. And sometimes he'll give me the numbers of the horses and who I should play. And sometimes I'll see him up in the stands and I see him with the magazine. And he said, one time I was walking and I saw your dad, but when I got closer, it was actually somebody else, but I could have sworn, you know, it was him. So my client asked me, she said, what is that about? How come I can't see him? Is he, is he really seeing him? Um, you know, what do you think is going on here? And so I kind of uh, struggle sometimes a little bit too with this question because as I understand more about and study more about consciousness and, you know, speak to other people, I'm kind of, I kind of get confused as to, is as she is confused, is there really this deceased person there, this loved one that we have there in some sort of physical form, or is this friend of her dad just tapping into the consciousness of who her dad was and is it really the consciousness of each human being that passes is it more of just like a data stream and you know his relationship with her father was about the horses and the racetrack and so is that friend just creating this reality of how he's seeing his best friend in the afterlife and this is how he can relate to that consciousness and it's showing up as signs or maybe a real true apparition um, and so, and I, I was always, so that's kind of like part one of my question and part two with the work that you do, uh, you know, it can feel like when you're watching you or watching other mediums do gallery readings, like, you know, you can't see anything, but it's almost seems like that deceased loved one is whispering in your ear and giving you this information. But is it, is that what's really happening? Or do you just have the ability because you have done this for such a long time and you know how to kind of go in between different, maybe reality frames and dimensions, and you're able to just access information of a database of a soul that was here in a physical incarnation, and that information comes through to the audience member? Okay, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, that's okay. all we're about today, right? Loaded so let's, questions. <laughs> let's do part one. Okay. Okay. So, the, the, again, I, it's interesting because I had just, if you, you know, you do a reel back, um, I just sort of answered this first part, which is this. Because of this thing called love, <laughs> that's what it's about. This thing called love. We don't stop loving people because they have physically left this dimension or physically died. Their spirit has moved on. We don't stop loving them, nor do they stop loving me. Because the threat of love is so, so strong, it's a continuum. So the continuum is basically this, because they are aware that you are in the harder spot. They are aware that you are in the questioning of, do we die? What does this mean? Are they still around? All of those things. They were here once. They got it. They, they understand that. And because of this threat of love, they know that they need to let us know, because it's about us, not about them. It's about us. They need to let us know that they are fine so that it helps us in our grief process. So they do this in a variety of ways. Now, remember I told you before, when they come to us, look for something that would be synonymously connected to them. This is a perfect example. <clears throat> he had a relationship with her father about the track. 
that was their connection. So to me, it makes a whole lot of sense that that would be the way he would come to him because that would be the way he could, you know, he could get it because it's about getting it. It's about knowing that they have given you this message without a question. And the way that we do that is like, oh yeah, only him and I shared this together. So when, so when they want us to know, that's what they do. So this was very, very key that he would have this ongoing relationship with her dad. Now, it's her dad. And, you know, he left this. And it's interesting that we brought this up because I'm actually going to be giving a lecture on that this year uh, at the Afterlife Conference. Great. So, uh, yes, it's going to be suicide from a perspective of a medium. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be doing that, you know, blockout or whatever Terry calls them because uh, we thought it was important and it never has been really said in a certain way from my perspective. But in any case, so that's the way he's going to come to this guy. The way he's going to come to his daughter may be very, very different. And the thing is that he could come to her probably, which I believe he probably has. She's still in conflict that he passed, the way he passed. Um, She's got to get through that first, which is extremely difficult because that, you know, for many of feel like, you know, we take it. And, and I get it. We take it really personally. Like, how could he have done this to us? When the truth of the matter is, suicide is not about um, us. It's about them. It's about that, that place that they no longer, that, that hole that they can no longer get out of. And so we, we tend to take it very personal, like if, would have, could have, should have, whatever. And it, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. I've done this too long, and I've talked to too many folks that have made their transition this way, and it gets gets combobulated with all these other things of, you know, religion where you go to hell, and it has awful, awful connotations, really awful, painful connotations to, to these people that that's the last thing in the world that they need to hear, really. It's really the last thing in the world that they need to hear. So... That's first what she has to get through. Now, interesting enough, because I have done this for so long, and obviously I've spoken to so many people, and obviously younger people and, and, and spouses and everything else, not everybody feels that way. There are those people that say, it wasn't a matter of, of, of if, it was a win. I knew this was gonna happen. I knew they weren't gonna make it. Mm-hmm. And, and when they, come to that point it's interesting because it it it, i'm not saying it eliminates but it certainly puts it in a perspective where they don't feel like they could have saved them um because they knew this person was tortured and you've got to be very tortured to do that so because they love them no matter what and when you really love somebody no matter what you don't sit into the judgment of of you know, what they did to me because it was their life, what they were living. And they weren't really living it. They were just barely trying to stay alive. Yeah. So you got to, you know, on a suicide basis, on her particular basis, she's got to get through that first. That now, this wasn't, this wasn't personal. Yeah. And is, what's your, what's your take? Cause I know a lot of people that, um, 
I, I do know a lot of people who have lost people to suicide, and I tend to see the living be very concerned about their soul's transition. You know, are they okay? Um, are they in limbo? Are they a lost soul? Have they made it to the light? Do you have um, anything just in your own experience? Like you said, you've, you've spoken to many folks who have yep. made their transition yep. this way. Do you know or have an idea of what happens when you exercise the free will to take your own life? Is there a limbo phase? Do they, do they make it somewhere uh, that, oh. you know? So again, that's another, you know, um, mixed misnomer mm-hmm. that we think because we pass in that way that that's going to be the case. I had, you know, a woman the other day, she said, my father was such an atheist. He didn't believe in any of this and he didn't believe in God. And, and it's sort of like, you know, he's coming through and it's like, I, does he get it now? Does he know that? <laughs> Even though that was his thoughts and his beliefs, you know, prior to his pan- transaction. So I said, I said, well, you know, first of all, he got over that, you know, because he's, you know, he's obviously still alive because I just had a conversation with him about you. Um, but again, that's, that's part of the stigma, um, April, and that's also part of the stigma, believe it or not, that I believe is very tied into religion, not God, not spirituality, but religion. And it's like, you know, God doesn't sit there and make this judgment upon us. We make this judgment upon our own selves. Nobody has to like sort of add it to this. So it's not so much of how we die that has to do with our transition. It has to do more about more of what we call the state of the mind or the consciousness. So are they floating around in limbo? No, We're, no one dies alone. We're all met by a, a, a crew of people who love us and help us in that transition. So, and many people, which a lot of people don't always get, is that some people do do it, I'm not saying everybody does, but some people take their own lives because they really feel it's gonna be a better place and they're gonna be out of this pain. Mm-hmm. So, you know, contrary to those thought processes of limbo and floating to where we are, that's, that's our stuff in our head, our beliefs, whatever, whatever you know we have we hang on to to believe about that but that's not the case because i have spoken to many 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 people that have taken their own lives and you know they you know they know when they get there you know they kind of wish that maybe not always that they could have you know held on but a lot of them couldn't i mean a lot of them like they they couldn't get out of that hole they didn't know how to get out of that hole and what a lot of people don't know is because Many of them, and this is really true, many of them were tired of putting the people that they loved through hell. And see, we don't even think about that perspective Mm -hmm. because many of these people that are tortured, you know they've been loved by people. You know that those people that they've been loved are also tortured by them. And And they feel like they've done everything, you know, like, I mean, you know, I mean, I could tell you the doctor, his son, you know, he did everything he could. He was a shrink. He did everything he possibly could. He was on every medication or whatever in the world to try to save his son. And he couldn't. He couldn't. Because his son was just tortured. He just, and he felt like he was killing his parents by trying to stay here, by trying to stay here until he couldn't anymore. So, you know, it's not like, it's not a black and white. It's every particular individual has their own, you know, p- perspective on why they've made the choice in this. Um, I sometimes, personally, I have to say, grapple with 
you know, the, the, the fact is that, you know, are we sort of technically, you know, supposed to do it? Well, technically, kind of know. However, people kill themselves in many different ways without actually committing suicide, you know, by overdosing or by you know, living a particular, you know what I'm saying to you? Right. You could say that that's a form of, of, of suicide also. So you could make yourself crazy is what I'm trying to say, because people, people, you know, do die of broken hearts and they can't stay here anymore. And they, you know, they maybe can't take their life on, on a conscious level, but they do it on another level. So it, it's, it's just really sitting in the judgment of what one person's soul journey is. And that's really what it comes down to. It's one person's soul journey. And um, I've gone through it in my own personal life. I went through it with my nephew. And um, it was it was not an easy deal. He was 24 years old. Um, it, it, it was, you know, he would have been 40 actually uh, this month. So um, it was a long time ago. He was 24. And I think, did my work prepare me? In some ways, yes, uh, because it prepared me of this whole thing. Like he was a, a beautiful little boy, but he was tortured, and I knew it was torture. And I, I couldn't save him. Nobody could save him. Now, now, were there options in his life? Yeah, could he get through those options? He couldn't. I mean, I would hope he could, but he couldn't. So, you know. I have contact with him. I've had contact with him ever since he's passed. So that's very helpful. Um, and I, when I see him, I always laugh. I, I will definitely kick you in the ass when I see you. Um, <laughs> you know, that's, that's going to be it. That's, that's a definite. But I, I can truly in my heart, without a question, know that, and I don't like to use this words because it's, it's like it's, it's one of those pat words that people sort of say. But I really do believe he is in a better place. I have no doubt about that in my mind. Um, because he was, you know, and, and I'm sure if you've experienced somebody who is a tortured person, uh, you, you know, you know it, you, your, your heart goes out to them because mm -hmm. they can't get out of that hole. They have no way of knowing how to get out of that hole as much as they've tried everything. Yeah. So, you know, it's, 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 there's so many elements and there's so many levels of what we talk about in consciousness and all that, you know, that kind of like go on. Um, but there is our own soul's journey. And, you know, and, and we all, we all, meaning me and, and, and every person that was connected to him, we have our, our learning through that and, and you know, and our, about our own interconnection with that process. So, um, and so, the, so the, the first, you know, the, the first question is, is that, you know, they do let us know. I mean, I, I, I can tell some incredible stories that the day of his death that, that you know, which I, which I do share. And I will share uh, um, at the conference when I do it. And you should certainly be there for, for that to break yeah. out. But um, so it's, 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 you know, it's interesting. We're, we're always so worried about them being in a limbo place because, and, and most people don't really know what the limbo place is. There are different levels of consciousness when we make our transition. That is true. That there's that, that absolutely true. And it's like just sort of like you know we have to go through school on the earth plane while you go on the school and, and the spiritual plane also. So you know when you leave here, you know you have certain learnings that you continue to do as, as your soul evolves and and in deciding what your next program is. Um, you know, whether that is at some point to come back or whatever. But there's a whole other level 
of uh, if you believe in reincarnation and you, you, you've got to believe that you've been around for some time here because, this, you know, as long as there's been human beings on the earth um, and the, the, the involvement of that, that, you know, there is a continued program. And, and, and the program really is, all of it is based in love. I mean, it just, it just is. And so when, when, I, when I try to share um, what, what, what I have experienced is that the, the, place of, the, the place where we go in the non-physical place of our consciousness when we leave this, this plane is a place of love that on some level is almost impossible for us to, to understand it in this physical dimension yeah that makes sense yes yes and and that's really quite incredible and that is something that i that i hear about an awful lot is 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 that in, incredibleness of what that is and that is is a wonderful thing so you know is it a better place it's different you know earth plane is different than the non-physical realm so you're right it is a, it is a form of it's like you know it's like it is about the consciousness but it's a combination of the consciousness and slash soul because the soul is the consciousness it's sort of like you know it's not the brain it's the consciousness so you know when i say to people you know, if you've ever gone in the hospital and somebody's been in a coma, you know, and, and you talk to them, do you think they hear you? Well, believe it or not, most people say, yes, I know they heard me. Well, they can't respond because their brain is, is operating. But the consciousness, which is tied in with the soul and love, always can hear. So you can sit there and talk to them and they're going to hear you. They're absolutely going to hear you. Maybe not in the way that you can have an interconnection of, of, or, 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 or speaking with each other, but there are mind-to-mind -mind things. It's like, you know, when we, when we pick up, if we happen to have a very, very close relationship with certain people in our life, we will pick up, you know, things, you know, mind-to-mind. -mind. You know, when you're really connected to somebody, you know, you do pick up thoughts. Well, that's kind of the same place that we're talking about. And, and um, so... Yeah. So let me ask you, so like the part two of my question of, well, it's kind of part one and part two where you're saying they are trying to communicate with us. They will give us signs. Yes. Um, then I'm kind of thinking where I question that is also, you know, what I've heard is energy follows thought. So when I'm receiving a sign from my mom, is it just because my thoughts are creating my reality? Therefore, I think I'm getting a sign from my mom, but really it's just the energy following the thought. You are getting a sign from your mom and you are getting a sign from your mom. Number one, because she loves you dearly. She hasn't stopped loving you. You haven't stopped loving her. So what happens is that we try to, all of us, intellectualize, intellectualize this process. If you can break it down to what we call the basics of love, it's simple, honey. It's simple. It's not, it's not, you're not, <laughs> it's not your mind picking up. What you're picking up is your mom letting you know of her love for you and the best way that she can and the best way that you can receive it so that you know she's okay to help you be okay. So try not to over-intellectualize it because, <laughs> well, you, you listen, honey, you're not alone. Everybody does right. it. You I know, I just, because we're, cause we're really all trying mom? to figure was it out. Really my was that really my mom? Was that really my brother? Was it my dad's smoke? Was that, was that, was that, was it? And what you do, again, is the more you do that, the more you deny the connection that happened. And you have to embrace those when that happens because 
the, the truth is, is that right now in the stronger phase of the first year, you're going to get a lot of contact. The second year is even harder than the first year because the second year reality sits in. Meaning that, you know, I know I'm not going to get the call. I know she's not going to come for this. So you have to cherish and embrace every single time you get a contact. And damn it, write it down. Write it down. Because you'll be really shocked six months down the road when you listen to it and you say like, oh, wow, I forgot that. We think we're going to remember. We're going to think we're going to remember how we feel, how we thought, what happened during that time. And we don't. So this is a really private, private prime time for you during this journey. So no, this is not about, she's using your brain because your brain is the receiver of consciousness. Your brain is the radio set of receiver of consciousness. You know what it is when you're in the car and you're moving the radio switch around, unless of course you got serious or whatever it is. And you know, it's frequency. You're right, it is frequency. So you know that the stations sometimes are more harder, harder to get in than others, correct? Yes. Right. So you, you turn the dial, you do all that other, you know, manual things to try to like get it in. Of course, it's very different now because we have, you know, <laughs> we have GPSs and all the other kind of stuff. But even then, you know that when you're on the cell phone, uh, you know, and, and you're in a bad zone, you know, it, it, it chops out because it's a frequency thing. It doesn't mean that they're not coming through. It just means that the mechanisms are having a hard time for that to happen. So don't intellectualize this. You'll, you, will, you will thank me for not intellectualizing this because right now these times of connection are very precious to you, very precious. And so you, you really need to embrace them because you need all of that connection right now of love that you can get from your mom. Right. And she knows this. Mm-hmm. Get it. She knows it. You're her daughter. You're connected. She knows it. Yeah, I had, two, I had two fun things happen with the radio, but there was a part of me that was like, huh, is this just coincidence? But, you know, I'm in a grief group for six weeks, and the first week that I went, as I turned into the parking lot, Stairway to Heaven came on. And I just kind of <laughs> chuckled, was like, okay. And then this week, I get in my car, and knocking on Heaven's door comes on. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, my mom and I b- both love music. So there's a part of me that if I don't intellectualize it, I'm like, oh, cool. You know, that, this is great. And, <laughs> and of course, she's going to do with music because you both love music. That was the first song I heard when Aaron died was Stairway to Heaven. And that happened to have been one of his songs. Huh. He was a real nut for that, you know, for that group. Yeah. Um, he loved them. I mean, you know, he, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, yes, you're right. Now. It's interesting because you said, what was the first thing you said? Something about that um, we're going to the group. What did you say before then? Right before then, I want to hear hear you say this. Well, I guess the first thing was when the first week when I was going in, I was pulling into the parking lot and Stairway to Heaven came on. And then the second time when as soon as I got into the car to drive to the group, knocking on Heaven's door came on. I don't remember what well, I said before that. You said that what was oh so what you said was was that coincidence. Oh right, yeah. Coincidence coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. Hmm. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. So it's like 
that's that's as much it's a that is as much that's as important to the journey as anything else because you have to have a great leap of faith that's what you got to have right for that continuum to be so as i said to you before one of the first things that i said to you is they will come to you what would be synonymously the way that you would know them you had a great love of music you had two songs stairway to heaven and heaven sitting on heaven's door and you know who wrote the second one right um Aerosmith? Was it Aerosmith? Uh, no. no, I might be messing that up. Eric Clapton. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what happened to him, right? Yeah, well, his son died. His son died, exactly. Right. Yeah, it was pretty tragic, too. Pretty tragic, yes. Fell out a window mm-hmm. in New York City. Yes. Yeah, so basically, you know, what I'm so taking from you is be light about it. Have fun with it. Write stuff yeah. down, you know, yeah, like... Because- Hard enough it is, but but you you you, you know your mom. Mm-hmm. You know you had this great love of music. It would make total sense to me that that would be the way she'd come to you. That's why I said look for things synonymously connected to the person. Like the racetrack is a perfect example. Right. That was what their link was. You know. I mean it's. I mean I use this 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 really crazy sick analogy. But you know when my father died, you know it was a house of you know all women. And, and there was always this big joke, always this big joke with my father about, you know, could he ever hit the toilet, right? So the night he docked, we're going to the toilet all night long, and it was like a big joke. The next day, it's like, okay, who was the wise guy that put, you know, wet the toilet? I mean, we're all, we're all girls here. I mean, who was the wise guy? It was just, you know, my sister blurts it out, and it was just like, well, who got the last laugh? I don't know how he did it, but he did it. <laughs> he clearly did it. I, the dog didn't do it. I, <laughs> yeah. So you also said something interesting that I think our listeners will really benefit hearing more about. Um, you know, you use that great example of the radio waves, right? So if you can't get that station in, you kind of have to fine tune it. You need a better connection. And so for people who are feeling like, well, how come I'm not getting any signs? Why can't, why isn't my relative visiting me? I want to hear from them. What are some of your suggestions that humans can do maybe to fine tune their connection to be able to be more open to get that transmission to be able to uh, have some sort of sign or communication with their loved one okay so we're going to go back to um basic abcs (laughs) and the first one that i had just mentioned you succinctly you gotta have a big leap of faith if you don't have a leap of faith you're gonna really grapple because by having the great great leap of faith and believing in your heart without a question that these people yes they physically died but they can't die because it's that energy and the breakdown down that energy is the basics of love because that is still the strongest force in the universe period so because of that force they will let you know in any way that they can. So you have to suspend a belief system of knowing that they're going to come to me. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but they will come to me. And I have to trust that. And they will. And if they can't get through to you, they're going to get through to somebody connected to you because that's what they do. 
If you see the doggy, look at something, you don't see anything there, you see the tail wagging, there's somebody standing there. You just don't see them. Mm -hmm. Ask children. The children will tell you, oh, yeah. Yeah, Grandma came the other day. She, you know, she, she, she was telling me about, you know, something you did or whatever. And, you know, you'll look at the kid and the kid, you know, it's a matter of fact. Because children, until, you, we, until we destroy them, it's a natural thing for them. So that's the things, you know, you can't overthink it. You just got to like, you, as you said, you got to play with it. You got to trust it. You got to know when it's going to come in. You know, there's, there's always things that we can do. I mean, you know, I... I I, you know, I wrote a whole book on this, um, actually, um, and that, I wrote that book in, in, inspired by my nephew because all these people that would come up to me and say, like, I would do anything to have a contact with my mom, my dad, my brother. And, and so I, that was in the back of my head. And I thought, like, you know what? No one has ever written a book about, you know, all the ways it can happen. So I wrote the medium's cookbook, <laughs> Recipes for the Soul. Of course, you know, sometimes it ends up in the cookbook, cookbook section, but that's how I wrote that book. <laughs> and it really is. It's a step-by-step -step manual that we personally can do to start that connection. And people, they people they buy the book and, and they've had some real success for it because it's like anything else in life. The more you want something to happen, the more you have to put energy into it and trust it. Like things just don't fall from the sky. It's energy. And if you really need that, then you need to either, you know, like you say, either need to be, you know, now I would say if you're in a grief, 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 group, <laughs> thank you, Suzanne. Um, personally, I would want to make sure that I was in a group that believed in the afterlife, believed in ADC, you know, after death communications. I would not work well in a group that didn't believe that. Right. Yeah, no, I am a part of a group that does actually, one person actually brought it up last week. They said, has anyone ever gone to a medium? And I just kind of sat there and smirked. I was just, I was a little quiet. I, you know, I didn't, nobody in the group really knows that I have this podcast or what I do quite yet. I don't want to overwhelm people too much, but it was cool that we had a discussion about that. So, yeah. yeah. And how many people in the room had? Um, I think maybe all but one. Uh, interesting, yeah. And it's about yeah. a group of 10? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Of course. Because the whole thing is that, you know, <laughs> when I was starting out my practice and millions of years ago, uh, somebody said, like, well, why would, you know, why would I want to go to somebody like you? And I, I just quietly sit to myself and smile. I go, like, well, when you lose somebody, you will. Because everybody, this is something that's what always has been a mind boggle to me is that no one escapes this. This is part of the program. Death is part of life, period. No getting around it. Your own death and, and somebody's going to go through somebody that you love in your life. So this stuff, you're into this stuff. No, it's called this stuff is as much a part of, of life as life. Yeah, agreed. Totally agreed. You know? Yeah. So I want to let our listeners know, too, that um, how Terry sets up the Afterlife Awareness Conference, if people who are listening want to meet Suzanne and actually want to take her three-hour um, training that she has, you can just sign up for her pre-conference workshop, which is on June 4th. And you are going to be doing uh, Mastering Mediumship Part 1? Yes. And, uh, yeah. Yep. Do you Austin, have part two. So... I, I always like to do 
the beginners, because it, even though it's not really the beginners, because I pile in so many things, because I have you know this brain that's just like an encyclopedia on this stuff, um, and and I feel like if if somebody if they've never done anything, they're going to get a great foundation. If they even if they've studied, they're, I'm going to give them things that they've never heard before because I have this, you know, encyclopedia in my brain. So that's why I always like to do the the, the beginning, the beginning part. Um, so and Austin is is a, is a fine fine teacher. That's one of her specialties. Yeah. Actually, is, is is teaching. So we figured we would be a you know a, a power a power team. So. Tag team, yeah. So that's going to be happening June 4th. Anyone listening can go to afterlifeconference.com. You can select the option to just take the pre-conference workshop with Suzanne if you'd like, or um, you can just stay for the whole entire event. I highly recommend it. And uh, Suzanne is also going to be talking about um, suicide on the other side, and that's Saturday from 2 o'clock to 3.15. And also Path 11... What? Know that I didn't even know that. Yes, I'm letting you know now. You are a breakout session Saturday from two to three fifteen. Okay. Um, and uh, you know we are going to be there. We're doing it a little bit different this year. We have created uh, Path Eleven TV, so we will be streaming the conference, and people can sign up for a membership that will also give them access to the 2018-2019 conference, among many other projects that we have done. We have finally loaded all of our footage um, that we've been doing over over the years on this Path 11 TV. So that's how we are going to be live streaming it this year, but in a in kind of a different way. So we're we're really excited to be down there. And I just love talking to you and uh, picking your brain and asking you some of the challenging questions that many of my clients uh, ask me and many questions that I have myself. So it's always wonderful uh, to have you on, Suzanne. And I know that you also do private sessions, group sessions. So people can go to her website, SuzanneNorthrop.com. She spells her name S-U-Z-A-N-E-N-O-R-T-H-R-O-P. And even if you misspell it, you'll find me because I'm, you know, kind of like all over. And, I, you know, I do phone sessions. I do small group sessions. I, I do privates. You know, I, I obviously I live in New York. I think you knew that. But, yeah, we're in New York. We'll have to hook up, you know, again, and we'll, we'll do some more things. We're, we're too close not to, you know. Yeah, absolutely. We should absolutely do some 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 things. Yes. And, and uh, I, I, I'm redoing, uh, as we speak, I'm redoing my website. And I know that uh, my web person wants me to have, well, obviously I can't do, you know, I, she wants me to have some new shots uh, for when, when I'm working or from, from somebody who's like a pro. So I may have to take you up on that as well. All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll get you covered in June. How about that? <laughs> that's not perfect. That's All right. not totally perfect. But, uh, anyway, so, uh, you, my thoughts are with you. Thank you. My thoughts are really, really with you. Um, and, and I know that this is, and I know that this is definitely not easy but uh we'll we'll get a chance to spend a little time together how's that sound okay that would be wonderful thanks so much suzanne you're very welcome april and i yeah we're right around the corner yeah <laughs> all <laughs> right said, our tall guy said like that's right up the street <laughs> that is it is it is all right my dear well thanks again always a pleasure wonderful speaking with you and uh, we'll see you in june you too april bye 
Thanks for listening to the Path 11 podcast today. I hope you all enjoyed this show. And if you haven't checked out our Patreon page, I'd like you to do so because we are going to start putting some content over there that is only for our Patreon subscribers. You can get content for as little as donating a dollar a month, and it could just be a one-time donation. We have other freebies over there that you can get depending upon how much you would like to donate. And again, it could be a one-time donation, or you can continue to keep your subscription on a monthly basis at that donation level, but I just put my MBT immersive experience, which was a four-day intensive meditation training in Tennessee with physicist Tom Campbell. I was listening to binaural beats, going to altered states of consciousness, having out-of-body experiences and life-changing experiences that I was able to bring back uh, for myself, for my clients, for my friends that was just out of this world. So if you would like to listen to that, I'd like you to head on over to path11podcast.com. You're going to see an orange button that says Patreon. Become a Patreon today and you can have access to that podcast. And I would like to remind you to head on over to path11productions.com and check out the membership that we have for the Afterlife Awareness Conference. We have over 25 hours of footage with amazing speakers like William Buhlman, Thomas John, Terry Daniel, Suzanne Geisman, Suzanne Northrup, Linda Fitch, uh, Austin Wells, just a few people uh, to name off that were amazing. These workshops are just so valuable. So I think that you would really enjoy it. It's also a great thing to think about to maybe give the gift to somebody who is struggling with grief. If you are looking for resources, this is a great conference to send people to to check out. And thanks again for listening today.